This evening we're ready to consider chapter 32 and verses 22 to 32. One of the more interesting passages that we have in the Old Testament, a unique experience that Jacob has here in this 32nd chapter of Genesis in verses 22 to 32. I'll let everyone find the reference there. Genesis 32 and verse 22. And he arose that night, Jacob, and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. So when he, this man, angel, saw that he did not prevail against Jacob. He touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Penuel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Penuel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank. If you'll remember our previous lesson, Jacob had come up with a plan A and a plan B to protect him from the possibility that that Esau would kill his family and leave Jacob with nothing. This, of course, is despite the fact that God had graciously given him him reassurance that he was going to protect him and that there were angels about him and that God would take care of him. And yet, despite that, it says that Jacob continued to fear greatly that Esau might destroy Jacob and his family. And so he sent his family in two companies, one at a time, to see if the first one might get attacked. And even before that, he sent several waves of gifts to Esau just to kind of soften up Esau. And that was his plan A and plan B. And now he's left alone, if you can kind of imagine. After doing all of that, he's made his plans, and now he's all alone, and he's left to worry about whether any of that was going to work or not. And during that time is when he wrestled with a man, one who appeared as a man. And what we know by the time that we finish the the account is that this man is none other than the pre-incarnate son of God. He wrestled with God that night. And it's interesting that God would take the time to wrestle with Jacob, a mere mortal, a mere speck of dust on his creation. It says that Jacob prevailed against him, and yet clearly Jacob is the one who lost. 
And yet in this very unique scene, very unusual scene, we have so many lessons that, that we can learn and should learn. Jacob wrestled with the Lord all night long. Anybody here ever wrestle with the Lord? Obviously, probably not physically as Jacob did. I believe this was quite a physical wrestling match. But more than that, it was, an, it was a spiritual wrestling match. Jacob had his plans. God had his plans. And when you wrestle against God's plans, you're never going to win that battle. But it will wear you out. <laughs> All night long he wrestled with God until the time that the Lord said, okay, that's enough. Obviously, the Lord could have done this any time during the night. But he was teaching Jacob, that important lesson that we all have to learn, God does not need us to tell him how to do his work. We need to realize our own weakness, our own inability, and finally just surrender our will to his will. And so the Lord dislocated Jacob's hip. And at that point, Jacob just stopped wrestling. And what did he do? He just clung to the Lord. He didn't, didn't let him go. He couldn't wrestle anymore. He didn't have the strength to wrestle against him. But he just grabbed and held on to him and said, Bless me. He understood who he was dealing with at this point. He cried out for the Lord's blessing. And so at that, when, when Jacob cried out for God's blessing, then the Lord asked Jacob, What's his name? What's your name? Now we know that the all-knowing God did not ask the question to get information he didn't have. But he was reminding Jacob about what his name meant. He wanted Jacob to acknowledge who he was. The word Jacob, we had in an earlier study, means one who supplants. From the beginning, Jacob had his ways of trying to get what he wanted. God wanted Jacob to acknowledge that he was a schemer, that he wasn't depending on God. And so he says, what's your name? I want you to say it out loud, Jacob. And when Jacob did finally acknowledge that he was a, a schemer, that's who he was in the natural, then the Lord said, your name from, the, from now on is going to be Israel. Depending on how you trace the root to the name, it means one who prevails with God or a prince of God. And those are related because if you... If you prevail with God, you can be a prince with God. And so once Jacob finally acknowledged, stop wrestling, stop fighting against God and his ways and, and his will. Once he stopped, then the Lord blessed him, changed his name, which was an indication that there was going to be a, a change in his spirit, in Jacob's spirit, in his character. He was now going to begin to conduct himself as a true prince of God. Let's go to Hosea chapter 12, where we have a reference to this experience of Jacob. Hosea chapter 12 and verses 3 and 4. Hosea, one of the minor prophets in the back of the Old Testament. Chapter 12, referencing Jacob. He says, he took his brother by the heel in the womb, and in his strength he struggled with God. Notice how that's phrased. In Jacob's strength he wrestled with God. It was only in Jacob's weakness that he stopped wrestling with God and actually won. He prevailed, even though he clearly lost the wrestling match by 
acknowledging his weakness and clinging to the Lord, he won. He finally came out victorious. Verse 4. Yes, he struggled with the angel and prevailed, it says. He wept and sought favor from him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spoke to us. So clearly, he wrestled with Jehovah, the pre-incarnate Son of God. Reading the details, that says Jacob prevailed. He, he, he came out the winner, and he did, but he lost the wrestling match. The loser of the wrestling match doesn't try to change somebody else's name. The winner can do whatever he wants. And the winner said, your name is no longer Jacob, it's Israel. The Lord refused to tell Jacob his name because the Lord was in a position of strength and authority. And in that position of strength and authority, then the Lord pronounced a blessing. Once again, only the winner, only the, the more powerful one has the authority to bless someone else. So that's the paradox of faith. Jacob clearly lost the wrestling match. And yet by losing it, he won. He prevailed. Second Corinthians 2.14, the same is true with us. This is the paradox of faith. When we stop resisting the Lord and his ways, his instruction, when we acknowledge our own inability to run our own life, when we realize our own weakness and we finally just cling to the Lord, Lord, I need you today. I need you every day. Then you'll know the blessing of God in your life. But if you think you're strong enough, intelligent enough, if you can come up with enough schemes to make things work out, that you'll prosper, then you're going to lose. Second Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. If you read the full context there, Paul is making a comparison to the Roman victory parade where when a general, a Roman general conquered a people, a city, they would throw him a, a, a victory parade in Rome. And in that parade, they would have all kinds of incense and it was quite the celebration. And a part of the parade, you would have captives that had been defeated in that whatever that battle was. And so you had this fragrance that just filled the air and some of those slaves, some of those captives, they would be allowed to be a part of the Roman society. They would be given as kind of a show of mercy. They would be given freedom. And they were able to, some of them would join the army or just become part of the, the society. But the vast majority of them in that same parade, they would be exiled to slavery or, or death. And so that parade and that fragrance that filled the air, it meant different things to different ones. And that's the gospel, too. Paul goes on to say that this gospel message, it's, it's a, a pleasant odor to those who are redeemed, to those who accept the gospel. They're set free when we become the captives of God's love, when he conquers us. He leads us in triumph. That's that, that's that parade. That's that picture of that parade. He leads us into triumph. For those who put their faith in Jesus Christ, he leads us into victory. But for those who reject the gospel, that same gospel message is a message of death, that fragrance of death, because they reject the opportunity. But we can have victory when we surrender our will to the will of God. 
those that are conquered by the love of Jesus. It's good to be conquered by Jesus. Then you're going to know victory in your life, eternal victory, as you learn to yield your life to him. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 12, where we see that the Apostle Paul had somewhat of a wrestling match himself with the Lord, and he had to learn the same lesson that Jacob did, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to 12. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. So here we see two purposes at work. Clearly, the messenger was from Satan. The thorn in the flesh, a lot of people try to make it out to be some spiritual thing, but clearly it was a physical ailment of some kind. More likely than not, as other hints in the scripture, it was some kind of ailment, poor eyesight. And again, very possibly because of that vision that he had of Jesus on the road to Damascus. But at any rate, there was some physical ailment that he wrestled with. The messenger was from Satan. Satan wanted to use that ailment to keep him from doing the will of God. Satan had a purpose in that thorn. But the thorn was given by the Lord because the Lord would be the one that wouldn't want Paul to be exalted. Satan would have loved that, wouldn't he? But the purpose of the thorn was that Paul wouldn't be exalted with pride because of what God had showed him in that vision of heaven. And so we see two purposes. We see Satan's purpose in sending a messenger, sending this ailment. But we see God's purpose that it was that Paul would understand how dependent he was on God to do what God had called him to do. Verse 8, concerning this thing, this thorn in the flesh, Paul says, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Paul apparently wrestled with the Lord a little bit. Lord, take this from me. He pleaded with him. He begged him. And I believe that Paul's intentions were good. Lord, I, I can serve you better. I can do what you call me to do better if I didn't have this ailment. He wrestled with God. He pleaded with him. But in verse 9, and, and he, the Lord, said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul now quits wrestling and just clings to the Lord, just like Jacob. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches in needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I have become a fool in boasting. You have compelled me. For I ought to have been commended by you, for in nothing was I behind the most eminent apostles, though I am nothing. Truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Paul was able to do everything he did in obedience to the will of God, not because he was so strong physically, not because he was so intelligent, but because... He understood his own weakness and inabilities and clung to the Lord in his weakness. There he found his strength. You'll do the same. So in those times when you feel so weak and vulnerable, you don't know what to do. I can't, I can't deal with this. Too often we think of that as defeat and despair, but that's exactly where we need to be. When I'm weak, then I can depend on his strength. That's when you prevail. 
after you lose your fight with the Lord, just like Jacob. We can make ourselves so miserable. Jacob wrestled all night long. He didn't have to, but he did. And the Lord was so much patience. Why in the Lord? Why in the world would the Lord wrestle all night with a stubborn creature? It's because he's long-suffering. He's patient. He's the same with us. Hebrews 10. Jacob was surprised that he wrestled all night with the Lord, as he found out, and that he wasn't dead. <laughs> he understood the mercy and the grace, the condescension of the Almighty God to spend all night with him, to put up with his wrestling when, when God didn't have to. But in Genesis thirty-two thirty that we read earlier, J- Jacob said that he called the name of the place Penuel, the face of God, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. In other words, I'm not dead. That's the grace and mercy of God. Hebrews ten nineteen to 23. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, that is his sacrificial death on the cross. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Saints, do we understand the privilege we have to come into the very presence of a holy God and to know that we're fully accepted, that we can seek his blessing because of what Jesus has done for us? We're just a speck of dust on his universe, and yet we enter into his presence. May we never neglect the privilege of prayer to come boldly before the throne of grace. Jacob was left with a permanent limp, another interesting aspect of this account. So many talk about faith. If you have faith, you'll never have any sicknesses. You'll always be healed. But clearly, God chose Jacob as a special vessel the vessel through which the Savior of the world would enter into the human race. He had a special place in God's plan. And yet this chosen vessel of his, God made him handicapped the rest of his life. Every time that Jacob took a step, he realized, oh yeah, I'm dependent on the Lord today. And that, that very weakness, it even was a lesson that lasted throughout Israel's history in the, in the Old Testament that they remembered their strength and weakness. It comes from an unconditional surrender to the will of God. Let's close with Isaiah 40, verses 27 to 31. Familiar passage, but I'm glad for, the, for God's faithfulness to remind me of my weaknesses so that I don't make the foolish and dangerous mistake of trusting myself. There's a song that we sing sometimes or have sung, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Jacob, that was literal with Jacob. And it needs to be real in our spiritual walk with the Lord. Remember your weakness. And when those times when when you feel your own physical and emotional, spiritual weakness, don't, don't despair in that. God wants you to see that. The Lord asks Jacob, what's your name? Tell me your name. And the Lord, when you're going through those overwhelming trials, and your own limitations, listen and let the Lord say, who are you? You're nothing on your own, but I will bless you. I will give you what you need when you need it. I'll give you wisdom. 
I'll give you the physical and emotional and spiritual strength you need today in the moment. But you have to cling to me. You have to stop wrestling with me and do what we're exhorted to do in Isaiah 40, or at least take advantage of the opportunity that's presented to us in Isaiah 40, verses 27 to 31. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, that's your father, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He knows what needs to be done. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. They think they never will, but the day comes when they do. And the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord, just cling to him. Stop wrestling. Stop resisting. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. From that advantage of faith, that eagle faith, you can see things as God sees them. It's it's so important for us to put every circumstance and every situation in our life in that eternal heavenly perspective. Otherwise, when you're down in the midst of the battle, it just sometimes seems hopeless in that you're right there in the midst of the, the tears, the dirt, the, the fight, the, all that life throws at you. And it gets overwhelming. By faith, you need to mount up with wings as eagles. Oh, I see. God has a plan. We may not always understand what the final plan is, but we know he has a plan. They shall run and not be weary. You can serve the Lord today. In the midst of your trial, in the midst of your battle, you can be victorious. You shall run and not be weary. They shall walk steady day to day and not faint. We'll close with that this evening.